Welcome to the Worship Place podcast. We are thankful we can worship with you and pray this message blesses your day. We look forward to seeing you in person next service. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 10 through 14. And this is, these are the... These are the words of Jehoshaphat as he coming before God in prayer. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom thou would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are. Somebody say, here they are again. This story goes all the way back to the Exodus. When the Lord did not want the Israelites to be exposed to warfare before they were toughened up enough to be able to handle it. And so now here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Matanah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but God's. A word, a word for the battle. Let's ask God's blessing right now. Precious Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Spirit of the living God, that you would be upon, rest upon us, activate our faith, help us to walk in the power and confidence of the word of God, in the mighty name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He's worthy to be praised. Amen, amen. You may be seated. A word for the battle. In the prize fighting world, and I'm sure in the MMA world, probably all arenas of competitive sports where one man pits his skills against the skills of another. They watch training tapes, video footage, probably by the mile, analyzing every new nuance, every movement, every characteristic of their opponent so as to have a proper reply whenever they step in the ring. Because after all, warriors too are creatures of habit. You have your own way of fighting. I have my own way of fighting. We tend to develop patterns that we stick to and it is no different 
when you're talking about warriors in times of war. But that has to do with the things of time and sense and flesh. The thing about entering into the realm of spiritual warfare is there is no set formula. And what may have worked well for you last year, or maybe for most of your life, you might be brought into a challenge where what worked for you in the past is no longer going to be God's word for the battle that you're in. Life is a series of challenges. All of us have them. There's the challenge of, of childhood. There's the challenge of adolescence. There's the challenge of young adulthood, marriage, child rearing, middle age, old age, all of it. We have to make our way through these series of, uh, of conflicts. And in the kingdom of God, as you grow deeper and stronger in your relationship with God, your trials change. And in my opinion, they become more subtle but more intense in a lot of ways because there was a time when you didn't care if loose lips sank ships. You said what you was going to say no matter what. But after you've been serving God long enough, you realize that every time you let the words of your mouth contradict the force of your prayer, you're neutralizing yourself. Amen. You're subtracting from the very thing that you're trying to get God to do you're taking it all back. And suddenly you realize not only are the things that I say very important <clears throat> and that there is nothing off the record. It's the things that I think as well. So you enter into these, these, uh, these more how's this, uh, sub, uh, subliminal or, or non-visible realms, but they are realms of discipline and of, of taking action, of making a difference. So I want to say this. You're in a battle. Is there anybody not in a battle of some kind or another? Praise God. So what we need is a word. We need a word. We need God's prescription for the, for the tactic in order to help deliver us from the circumstances that we're facing. Could anybody use a breakthrough tonight? Things to change in your life. Some of you in a battle with the anxiety. Some of you might be in a battle with depression. <clears throat> Some might be in a battle with worry and fear and loneliness, whatever it might be. <clears throat> but the Lord, the Lord that we serve has a word for the battle. I didn't read the whole chapter. It's a great chapter. It would be good to read the whole chapter. The verse number one says it this way. <clears throat> it begins by saying, it happened after this. Well, when you read something like that, you want to ask the question, after what? <clears throat> the people of Moab, the people of Ammon, and the others came to battle against Jehoshaphat. <sighs> uh, I make no apologies for this, but sometimes the leader gets the people into a battle with the enemy because the choices and direction that they take <clears throat> and in the case of, of Jehoshaphat, he, re, how, he went through these great reforms. He got people back on square one. <clears throat> Excuse me. He got them praying and walking in, in, in faithful counsel 
and sort of rebuilding their foundations, reestablishing what their walk with God was all about. And you see, the devil, you want to get in a fight with the devil, he's attracted to people who are trying to do the right things. What is his mission? To kill. To kill what? Faith. To steal. To steal what? Promises. To destroy what? To destroy dreams. So show me a people that are trying to be better. Show me a people that are trying to live closer. Show me a people that are trying to pray more, to have more compassion for lost humanity, and I'll show you a people that will be targeted by the powers of darkness to try to overthrow them and stop them dead in their tracks. Verse number two said, Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. From beyond the sea. Now, this look, this they came from the wilderness. From beyond the Dead Sea. From dry places. They came from the wilderness that Israel, remember, Israel encountered them coming out of Egypt in the wilderness. And Moses didn't want them to fight. Not then, they weren't ready. So let me say this, the things, boy, God gives us so much on credit, it's absolutely awesome. If we could only see our divine grace credit balance with God, if it were a credit card, you'd file for bankruptcy because God's done us a lot of favors. He postpones a lot of uh, of the things that we're going to have to go through someday for when we're ready for it. But I want to say this. Watch this. The Bible says that spirits go out into dry places once they're ejected out of a house, and they go rounding up others more wicked than themselves. In this case, what are these places beyond the sea? The wilderness. A lot of the enemies that you'll face later on in life are, are... <clears throat> are breakdowns, failures, gaps in our spiritual training that happened a long time ago. <clears throat> but God is not going to leave us in this patchwork kind of shape. He's going to develop us to the place of being the kind of warriors that he wants us to be. Amen? He wants to be a warrior for the Lord. Oh, yes. So, here comes Moab. Ammon and Edom, the brothers Grimm. I think there's a movie made that. I hope it's not a bad one. I didn't think of that title. But they were Grimm brothers indeed, and brothers they were. Moab and Ammon are the children of Lot and his daughters. Edom, of course, is from Esau. And so you have generational spirits, familial spirits, Descendants of incestuous relationships and sellouts. And here now they come, just about the time you're trying to develop some integrity. You're trying to shore up, you know, you're trying to drive your stakes deeper and tighten your cords and make your house in order. Here they come to try to bring problems. Let me say this principalities, 
powers, spiritual wickedness, and high places know how to unify. <coughs> they are drawn to emptiness. They, uh, it, Jesus said, when, a, when, when the devil is cast out of a man and the house is swept and garnished and the spirits go out and they find seven more to come back to reoccupy that place, the thing about the swept and garnished part, you, you, we tend to think, oh, they had their house in order, they repented and all this. Well, that's really not what is indicated there. Garnished means they, they look good like they know they should. In other words, he looks for people who, who look the part, who play the part, but they don't, but they're empty on the inside. God is not calling us to be church people. God is calling us to be spirit-anointed, holy weapons in the hand of the Almighty God. It's not enough to know what, uh, what to do to satisfy the demands of each other, but we must have an active, powerful, rooted relationship with God <coughs> or the enemy will come at our facades. <coughs> Pardon me, I apologize. I'm going to get through this, so pray for me, will you? And so, demons attack those who look the part, but they're empty on the inside. I don't want to be empty on the inside. I want to have the goods. Whew. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. We need to believe that. We need to receive that. We need to walk in that power that there is no emptiness inside of here. The Lord fills this space. And because he fills this space, amen, we can overthrow demon resistance however and wherever it comes. Now, I want you to say, I want you to notice this. This, this story about Jesus being called casting out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils, is the episode that unlocks this parable about the empty house and the return of the seven demons more powerful. And Jesus said, Satan cannot be divided against himself. For if Satan divides against himself, his kingdom will not stand. So that needs to be established. Satan is unified. <clears throat> but Christians can be double-minded. We're the ones subject to dividing. The Bible said, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. <clears throat> and let not that man think that he shall receive anything of God. The church can be divided. Paul told the Corinthians, I hear that there are divisions among you. That some of you go to, to, go to the courts of law <clears throat> to bring your case against your brother. So when demons, I'm going to tell you something. This is how it happens. Demons unite and attack and want us to divide and scatter. But if ever there's a time when you need a brother or sister, a church family, a prayer partner, it's when you're under attack. Amen. One shall send a thousand to flight. Two shall send 10,000 to flight. <clears throat> Don't avoid the house of God when you're under attack. 
enter into the house of God, believing that your answer is going to come from the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, give the Lord some praise. He's worthy. Amen. So Jehoshaphat leads the nation in prayer. I read part of the prayer to you in the text. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, verse 5, in the house of the Lord before the new court. Everybody say court. Jehoshaphat takes God to court. And Jehoshaphat asks God to testify in heaven's court. Oh, hallelujah. Now, most of us, we don't like the idea of a summons to go to court. Some of you, some of you make yourself sick to get excused from jury duty. You don't have the time or the patience or whatever. But there are times when the, the consequences are so great and the opposition is so foreboding and our resources are so limited that we need an audience with God before the court of heaven. Watch this. Jehoshaphat goes into the courtroom of heaven and puts God on the stand and asks four questions. Now we have an attorney in here. Are you not God in heaven? Answer, yes or no? Yes. Do you not rule over the kingdoms of nations? Yes. Is your hand, in your hand is there not power and might so that there was no one able to withstand you? Yes. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of the land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? Yes. Whoo, what is he doing? He's giving God something he can agree with in his prayer life. We spend so much time telling God what, what not to do or what to do. When are we ever going to inspire him just a little bit and let him know that we know that he is our source and our hope and our king and our answer and our power? Give God something he can agree with and he'll come to your rescue in Jesus' name. <clears throat> and of course, this word from the Lord now comes from the mouth of someone in verse 13 through 15 that the promise is given through this young man, I presume. The spirit of the Lord comes on Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, of the sons of Asaph. You got to get that one because we have a son of Asaph here. We have lots of sons and daughters of Asaph in the church. These are musicians. These are choristers. And when God gives a word to a singer, it just very might well be have something to do with a song. And so he says to them, listen, thus saith the Lord, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed because this great multitude is opposing you for the battle is not yours. It's God's. Hallelujah. The first thing God needs to do sometimes to give you victory is take the battle out of your hands. 
Because by force of discouragement alone, having tried to take the battle into your own hands and failed and flopped and flunked, sometimes you need a word for the battle that says the reason why you're not winning is this fight doesn't belong to you. This fight belongs to me. Somebody needs to take what isn't working and put that battle in God's hands right now. Literally, <coughs> literally, take your hands, just lift, give it to him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus right now. We thank you for your power, your spirit, your majesty, your grace, your mighty anointing. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, precious God, in Jesus' name. This battle is not, this battle is God's. Now watch what else he says. <clears throat> Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you Jehoshaphat, do not be dismayed. Battle is not yours, it's God. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Zig, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Just because you don't have to fight doesn't mean you don't need to be there. Just because you don't have to fight doesn't mean that your posture isn't requested. Just a little hint from a guy, never been in a whole lot of fights. Many times I haven't needed to because if you can bluff real good, you scare the living devil out of people. But if somebody challenges you, this is what you don't want to do. You're finished. What you do want to do is position yourself for action. Oh, I thought I'd get a little shout over that, but okay, we'll try some other angle here. But, you know, the battle, you, you, need, you, need to see, you need to see yourself bringing God into the fray. I am not standing here on my own. I am with and in the will of God. I represent God to this enemy. And so I'm going to position myself for victory. Praise God. Praise God. Position yourself. Position yourself in prayer. <clears throat> Position yourself through your worship. Position yourself through your relationships. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> okay, so now, you, you want to put, so everybody, everybody wants a position in the church. Okay, I got one for you. Position yourself. Watch this. He said, you're going to position yourself at the top of the pass that comes out from the Dead Sea down below. They're going to start making their way up the zigzag trail, up the, the craggy heights, up to higher ground. But you're going to be standing on the tableland. And as they, crest, as they crest the hill, you're going to let it rip. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to open your mouths and you're going to sing and shout praises unto the Lord you're literally going to sing the devil off the edge of a cliff. 
in the name of Jesus. Can I tell you, God knows where to position you so that when you do praise him, your worship is gonna push hell right over the edge of the cliff from where he came back, came from, and they're gonna rumble and tumble and fight, get confused, and they're gonna attack each other before it's all over. Woo! <coughs> okay, so Israel, right now, the IDF is positioning itself in these cities in Gaza. Where are they positioning themselves? Over the tunnel networks. The IDF says that venturing underground would be a dangerous thing for the Israelites to do. It would strip the Israel, I'm quoting, the Israeli military of most of its technological advantages, which are advanced surveillance systems, Sensors that can pick up vibrations through layers and yards and meters of soil and rock. Communications equipment, etc. Regular night vision goggles do not work in the tunnels like they do at night outside in the outside world. Soldiers that go in the tunnels must bring their own oxygen supply and their own protective masks in case that there is some kind of chemical warfare that takes place. The researchers interviewed a soldier who was an expert at fighting and trained in fighting in the tunnels. And he said, I compare myself to a fighter pilot. With all the gear that you have to wear and with the limited of space and the impossibility of turning around, you can only move in one direction and the overwhelming tendency for vertigo, dizziness, panic, all the kinds of things that come when you're in a small, small space like that, not to mention the possibilities of aggravated assaults coming from unknown places through the tunnel system. He says it's even more complicated than operating a jet, uh, fighter jet aircraft. So what are they doing? Positioning themselves where they have the advantage above the enemy. They're sensing for where the action is. They're sensing where the weapons are. They're looking for heat signatures. They're taking their time because they don't want to just dive down under there and go hand-to-hand -hand with these people under all these tunnels because they're positioning themselves where? They're attacking generators, ventilators, because in tunnel systems, if you don't have fresh air, everybody begins to suffocate and the temperature becomes outrageous and they can't take it. My, my, what is my point? I'm not telling us how to fight that war. I'm telling us how we need to fight this war. Don't just jump in the ring with every spirit that comes along. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let me tell you the victory, the secret to your victory is when you reach the place where the things that the devil comes against you with, you turn them into an obedient voice to Jesus Christ. For example, I don't want to punch that guy in the face. Wait a minute. Now, son, beloved son, this is your heavenly father speaking to you right now. You know that's not the right thing. You're right, Lord. The right spirit of Christ is I need to love my enemies. I need to bless my enemies. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to bless that person that made me so angry. I wanted to punch him in the face. And the next thing you know, you become friends. And the very spirit that would have turned you into some kind of a malicious uh, sinner 
turns the person that hurt your feelings into a friend. That's how you take into captivity spirits that came against you and you make them obedient to the will of God. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. <coughs> Come on. The thing that comes against you is designed to work for you. If you'll let the Holy Ghost transform your approach and you'll turn it into a blessing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Well, when they begin to praise God, God sent ambushments among the enemy. Is there anybody that would like to sneak up on the devil for once instead of him always sneaking up on you? Praise him. Something happens to the camp of the opposition when God's people, you see, praise him out of nowhere and you confuse the devil out of nowhere. But if you've got this long runway to worship, it's almost church time. Getting ready. Song number one, hold back. See, you got this predictable pattern. You're not surprising anybody. Oh, oh, but you just get jump out of bed on a Monday morning where normally you want to complain about life and how hard it is and say, hallelujah, I give God the praise. And the next thing you know, ambushments hit hell in the face. And they say, huh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> praise God. Come on, somebody. Give him something. Surprise him. It's Wednesday. You're supposed to calm down. Oh, no. I got to send up some praise and overthrow some fortresses of darkness tonight in Jesus. Why don't we stand together and praise him? Come on, praise him. Praise him till the enemy runs. Praise him till the trouble flees. Praise him till the breakthrough happens. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, God, we love you. I feel it. Hallelujah, God in heaven, let the spirit of the living God minister in this place right now. Hey, sickness, take this. Hallelujah. Hey, job loss, take this. God is great and greatly to be praised. Come on. Somebody's loneliness is going to crumble. Somebody's pain and sorrow is going to flee in Jesus' mighty name. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Send it. Send it. Send it. Send it. Send it. The battle is not yours, but your praise better be yours. <laughs> hallelujah 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 watch this and I'm going to close with this and I want to praise him one more time you give God your battle when you give God your praise you give God your battle when you give God your praise now let's give him the battle 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 in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's just end the service right up here, giving him the battle. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.